Connecting Coaches Cognition. Coaching with Courtney and Christensen. As a busy coach, you spend all day refueling, revamping, and reflecting with educators. Now is the time to stop and recharge your batteries with some much-needed coaching for the coach. Welcome back to another episode of C3. I'm Courtney Groskin, and I'm here with Violet Christensen. Violet, what's new in your world? What's new in my world? I guess lately I have been focusing on a first grade world. I had the opportunity to substitute in a first grade classroom to wrap up my week last week. And it always, I know no one else out in education has been asked to cover a class or to sub in this time due to all the shortages. And I know we're really in this mentality of you know, it's hard, but we're all in it together and teamwork is dream work and um, jumping in where you see a need. And I really enjoyed my experience in first grade and just reconnecting with students and having that extreme and utmost empathy for educators and, you know, battling between the kid who's trying to wiggle out their first tooth behind the bloody mask and then having, you know, this amazing math lesson and trying to jump to the read aloud instantly and all of that with only, you know, five or six minutes of prep before school starts. So I just always think it brings me back to that educator core of all the tiny instances and moments that make up a school day and what remarkable humans truly make up the education field from educators to paras to coaches to admin to administrators and beyond that um you know every day i really wonder and and marvel at educators and i think that that every time i get the opportunity to sub or able to be in a classroom i just it just exemplifies that and really adds to my gratitude and then then i look at the flip side of my daughter in first grade and thinking of all the things she's learning and how much growth and accomplishment has come through this school year and a huge shout out to all of her past teachers for getting her to where she is. But just, I love watching those, those big leap years. And so for me, it's been, um, been kind of fun to start the year watching some of those leaps with first graders. So that's been super exciting in this moment. First grade is definitely fun. Um, I did my student teaching actually in first grade Um, and shout out to any substitutes that are listening. I don't know how you do it every day showing up at different buildings and different classes and, you know, you you get printed out lesson plans and you're able to make it through the day, I give you a lot of credit. It's so much different than having your own classroom with your set routines where you're really in control of a lot of things. So big shout out to all the subs. I agree. And, And only having those few moments to prep and just rolling with the punches and not knowing the lay of the land, whether it's you substituting for your your seventh seventh grade period down the hall for your buddy who's not there today, or whether it's a substitute every day. I I just think it's amazing. And um, educators are just truly the best humans. So it's always fun to be around them and connect with, with new kids and new educators. Courtney, tell me what's going on in your education world in this, in this year going forward. I mean, aside from all these delayed openings and snow days we've been thrown this month, um, really just meeting with a lot of educators, teachers uh, to triangulate some mid-year data and look at where we're grouping students and how we can really push them forward to reach their grade level benchmarks and make that growth. Um, You know, we see a lot of holes in learning, but I don't see it as learning loss. I see it just as simply of a hole that we need to fill. And we're at that point where a lot of those holes are filled. And now it's time to start planting those seeds and watching those flowers bloom because they're really taking off. Um, And it's just been fun celebrating with the teachers because there is growth happening. 
Um, and it's amazing to watch it. And I know that there's a ton more growth to come in the spring when we do end of the year assessments. So I'm looking forward to that. It's so amazing to have that moment to pause and celebrate and then be able to think about that forward trajectory for the whole second half. It's just, it's beautiful to see. So I'm glad they're, they're opening up and I'm sure they're grateful to have you there. Speaking of wonderful educators in the classroom, today we have Kyle Schwartz. She's in her 10th year of teaching. This year is a reading teacher at Dole Elementary School in Denver, Colorado. Her first book, I Wish My Teacher Knew, How Can One Question Change Everything for Our Kids?, focuses on realities that students face and how educators can respond to their students' needs by building relationships. Her second book, I Wish for Change, Unleashing the Power of Kids to Make a Difference, is a guide for educators, families, and mentors to help young people find a personal sense of power and use it to better their communities. In addition to teaching, Kyle is a dedicated advocate for students. She has spoken nationally and internationally about supporting all students, differentiating instruction for students learning English, building strong classroom communities, and helping young people create change. Kyle, we are thrilled to have you on C3 today. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. We are excited to share you with our listeners and to get rolling today. Will you just start by telling us about your background in education and about your role currently? Yeah, um, well, I am a little bit of an unlikely teacher. I grew up really hating school. I never wanted to become my arch nemesis, an elementary school teacher. Uh, so it, it's kind of surprising to me myself that I have become an elementary school teacher. Um, but the way it happened was I was in college and I decided to join an AmeriCorps program. And uh, part of that AmeriCorps program was tutoring. So I started tutoring in schools and it became like my favorite part of my week. And so I just loved it. And from there, I um, did a program in Chile um, with the United Nations Development Fund and the um, Chilean Ministry of Education. So I taught there for a little bit and I came back to Denver, my hometown. I did a teacher residency here and then I became a teacher. So I did third and fourth um, and second grade. And right now I am teaching first, second and third grade um, reading. I'm sure you are a much different teacher than possibly the teachers you might have had um, in your elementary career. Yeah, I think it really informs my perspective as as a teacher. I think there's a lot of us out here that are teachers because we kind of want to make school what we wish it would have been. Um, but there's also a lot of teachers, especially in elementary school, who are there because they love school and it always worked with them and it was perfect and they just want to keep that going. So I think that there's a, always like room for both of those perspectives because um, one like sees the great parts of school and like mine, I definitely see things in kids that are things that I struggled with or things in the structure of the school day that I struggled with or in relationships and friendships that were tricky for me too. And because I lived it, I kind of have that empathy for kids. So it really informs my like background and past in school, really informs who I am as a teacher today. Yeah, it's a great perspective to bring to the classroom and I'm sure it's so valued uh, by your students. Can you share with us your mantra around, I wish my teacher knew how one question can change everything for our kids and share a bit about how that book came to be and tell us a little bit more about how this changed everything for you. 
Yeah, that has been just this wild teacher journey for me. I found a old post-it note in my kitchen one night and I unfolded it and I realized that it was a note a student had written to me years ago and that I had saved. And it said, I wish my teacher knew I don't have pencils at home to do my homework. And she'd written that to me in response to a lesson that I had done in my classroom for a long time, but I had never told anyone about. Uh, but when I saw that note, I kind of saw something worth sharing. And so I took a picture, I uploaded it to my brand new Twitter account with like tens of followers. <laughs> and from there, it like went viral. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like news stations and newspapers and everybody was asking to like come into the school and, and ask the kids questions and find out more about it. And I think it really um, like touched a nerve with people or, or struck a chord with people. I think um, it revealed like just how universal this, this desire to be known is when kids were answering questions to this, I wish my teacher knew prompt. Um, and so it really kind of caught on. It went around the world a few times and um, eventually somebody emailed me and asked me if I wanted to write a book and if I had anything to say about public education and turns out I did. <laughs> so uh, another thing I never expected to do was to be an author and it has been so amazing that um, so many people have read the book. Um, talking about just my experience in school, um, talking about the topics that I wish my like teacher prep program would have covered, the, the things that come up every single day in school, but aren't often highlighted. Um, so it that has been amazing to have people like read the book and engage with it and reach out to me and tell me what they've used from it in their classroom. And, you know, for me, it was also the best um like professional development ever because like I had to sit down and really decipher my ideas about education and um, find out if what I was seeing in my classroom was, you know, an anomaly or if it was indicative of a bigger trend or um, like if it um, pointed to another theory in education. So I got to do a lot of research around it and uh, it has really, um, just been such great professional development to have to sit down and, and write those ideas and have that opportunity. I love listening to you as you tell that story because your energy just got bigger and brighter as you go through each of the pieces of how that happened. What a wild ride that started with a post-it note, like the power of the post-it note comes back again. Yes, I know just this tiny little scrap of paper. And if I had never saved it, you know, who knew? <laughs> It, exactly. And gosh, it, it gives me chills every time I hear you say that about not having the pencils to be able to do the work and how you were able to start this international sensation in order to really be giving kids more of a voice. How powerful is that? You were clearly meant to get into education, whether or not you thought so in the start. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think teachers have been doing, you know, some form of this. I wish my teacher knew activity where you just ask the question and like let kids answer. I think that that's kind of common. There's been some some form of it in, in a lot of different ways in, in schools. But I think um, there was almost like this humbleness of, of seeing it in the kids' handwriting that 
um, I don't know, like it unlocked something for people. Like they were able to really hear these kids and really hear what it was like for their, ex- what their experience was like in school. And so, you know, of course I've gotten like all range of notes from like, I wish my teacher could do a backflip um, <laughs> to, uh, you know, like I wish my teacher knew we live in a shelter or I wish my teacher knew, you know, my mom might get diagnosed with cancer. So it's kind of this, you know, invitation to kids to really open up. And I think people really responded to that because in a way there's something we all wish our teachers would have known. Um, and hearing it from kids um, and their voices and hearing that truth and that vulnerability um, has been a way to really start conversations. I don't know how it could not resonate deeply in the core of any educator. I mean, when you see kids handwriting and you hear those words and even the giggles or the sorrows that you're hearing, I mean, they're all powerful lessons to inform you as the educator in that room or in that building. Can you drill in a little more for us, Kyle, because we just want to hear even more. Can you share one or maybe a couple of short stories around this concept that truly moved you as an educator? I know we heard a couple there um, and also how it helped you to better see your students and which sentiments truly transformed your educational space? Yeah, I mean, um, I think the story that really comes to mind is um, I think something that really surprises people is that when I started doing this in my classroom, the first year I kind of passed out post-it notes and collected them. But um, one year I did it and the kids were like, well, when am we going to read these to the class? Like, I want to share mine to the class. Um And so, you know, I ran with it. So we all kind of sat in a circle and kids were invited, certainly not required, but invited to share notes if they they wanted to. And that, I think, was more powerful than just even me, like, being informed of something. It became this real community building experience, kind of more of, like, I wish my class knew or I wish my peers knew. Um, And that has been really moving um, I remember one girl said, I wish my teacher knew I don't have friends to play with me. And as a teacher, you know, my heart kind of dropped because, you know, I knew that that was her truth and I was worried about how the kids would react. But, you know, they really just, you know, surprised me and they, you know, scooted close to her and they said, oh, well, I like you. I like you too. I like you. We can sit with you at recess. You know, and I did, I saw that really kind of change the trajectory for that kid that year. And um, because she, you know, was vulnerable and asked for that connection, her classmates responded to it. You know, it's not a silver bullet. It didn't fix everything in her life, but it did, you know, allow her to see, hey, if I, if I ask for something, you know, if I need something, people might just meet me there and they might help me out. You're not only giving your students voice, but you're giving them as a class that community aspect where they feel comfortable sharing their voice amongst their peers and then jumping in to be problem solvers and remedying those situations. Such a powerful place for students to be. Yeah. And I think it's just really valuing that, you know, that um, (laughs) expertise that kids bring. You know, kids are experts on childhood. (laughs) They're often not seen that way, but they, they are. And they know, like, they they know what it's like. They can um, empathize with each other. It, it makes me think of some other stories, too, where, you know, kids who I knew had really tricky home lives would just say, like, I wish my teacher knew that I like soccer, you know? And even though you know, there's a lot of depth, depth to that kid's life, 
he just wanted me to know what his interests were and, you know, what was important to him and that he wanted me to see that side of him. So I think all of these, all of these responses are completely, you know, valid and, and give us that information, regardless of if it's something really like touching, like, you know, my family lives in a shelter or if it's just like, hey, I want to learn about history. All of that like really can help inform, but it also helps inform the, the other students in the class. And just hearing from other kids can be really powerful. I remember one girl, um, she did not share. When people were invited to share, she didn't and wasn't pushed to. But afterwards, she came up to me and she said, like, I cannot, I did not know other people's parents were divorced. One of the girls had shared that with the class. And she truly believed that she was the only, like, eight-year-old in the world that was going through this. Um, and so just like that opportunity to hear from other people, like allows kids to respond with empathy, but also like build it and understand themselves better. I'm hearing so much synergy in your classroom between those students. When you built that community, it's just like heartwarming. I hope there are tons of first year teachers listening in because it's just one of those things of hearing, how do I build that community? That's not an easy thing to do. And it takes that time and space to really be heard and to hear one another in order to do that. So that's just, it's beautiful to hear. In this moment in education, what are you trying to remain most mindful of when speaking to educators? And what are you doing to help them feel seen and heard? And what are you maybe trying to highlight for educators during this time? Um, for me, I think the the thing I really want to speak with educators about is like, hey, I'm in it too. Right? Like I'm here every day in my classroom, like getting sneezed on and Lysoling everything. And and just understanding like how many plates teachers are spinning right now, like it is out of control. <laughs> you know, we are just doing so much right now. Um, and so much is being asked of us. And even in this crazy pandemic time where, you know, we're having to adapt and so much is different and so much is beyond our control, like we're still being asked to like give kids tests. We're still being asked to like, you know, assess kids and, and be held accountable for that assessment and, or, and be evaluated. And, um, and that it, it's a lot. And so I really just want to like empathize with teachers. Like, dude, we are going through a lot right now. It is hard. Um, and so, like sitting in that, like it should kind of struggle that daily grind to, you know, have the courage to value the things that you can't measure. Like, can you value those relationships in your classroom, even though like no one's coming in and like check in and putting it on a rubric, you know, like, can you like hold sacred that time in your day where you get to connect with kids um, and, and talk with them and, and maybe like the lesson plan gets pushed aside because you're going to respond to what a kid brings you. You know, I just a couple of weeks ago, I we were doing a lesson, whiteboards, doing phonics and all that. And one of the girls, she was just like really looking down and just total different demeanor than usual. And I just said, you know, like, have you noticed you you kind of seem a little upset? And she's like, yeah, you know, my grandma died. And it just was a time that she was just putting that forward. And as a teacher, you know, I have to decide what to do. I can, you know, kind of like ignore it or I can even be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, but in that moment, I decided, OK, well, 
hey, you know, I have a book about that. Would you guys all like to read a story about someone who's going through something similar? And they did. And so, you know, we put the phonics aside. We read this book and we talked about it. And she shared um, about how, like, her grandma would always make her hot cocoa. And so, like, as a class, we all kind of pretended to have our little hot cocoa cups. And we all pretended to smell that hot cocoa and and drink some of it and and just like hold that space for her, like hold her in that time um, and and respond to it. it, it it's hard to do. It is hard to do because there's so much pressure to like catch kids up, so to speak, or to like <laughs> get kids where they need to be. Um, but to hold sacred that time um, and to value it, even though it may not be valued by others, to, to have the courage to value those connections and those relationships yourself. We always hear educators say what's best for students, but you're truly living it every day and putting your students first. And that is coming through so clearly um, for us. So I really commend you on doing what's best for your students each and every day. Oh, you know, <laughs> I don't I don't really know any other way to do it. I got really lucky because in my um it, and my teacher preparation program, we kind of did like a year of intensive uh, student teaching. And I got paired with this wonderful teacher, Rachel Bernard. If you look at my books, there's like every other page is like, and then Rachel told me this. And then Rachel told me that. And so she actually had a background in, in um, child psychology. And now she's moved on from the classroom and she's a child therapist. And so to have, the like, as I was beginning to become a teacher, to have those conversations with her every day about, like, what kids are going through and how we can respond to it and what this action might really be communicating. And to, to have, to start teaching with that lens, um, I think that's really informed my teaching today. And I am seeing, I'm not sure if you guys are seeing it too, but I am seeing like a little bit of a pendulum switch that, you know, teacher prep programs are starting to talk about it. PD is starting to talk about like, maybe we'll talk about objectives, but we're also going to talk about relationship. You know, we're also going to talk about um, connection and how to hold, how to respond to a kid that's grieving or have been through trauma. Uh, and that's certainly different than when I started teaching. It wasn't really <laughs> talked about. So I'm really glad that I, you know, started with that perspective. And I'm hopeful that all the new teachers, all the baby teachers coming in today, um, maybe have that permission to see things through that lens as well that, you know, some of us older teachers um, didn't have when we started. Absolutely. You just truly honor them as small humans and everything that they're bringing to the table every day to the classroom. That, that is beautiful. That's truly beautiful. You have spoken to so many people, Kyle, and we are so excited to share you with our listen listeners. And if you can tell us a little bit more, you have had so many educators reach out to you and share stories and tell, uh, tell you more about how this protocol has impacted their classroom or their site. Um, can you tell us another story of one of those examples where it just made your hair stand up and because you were just so excited about the impact of your work and the impact of your writing? Oh my gosh, it that has been so cool, <laughs> so humbling, so honoring um, when people read read the book and reach out to me. Um, and I think a lot of times people respond and they want to tell me what they wish their teacher would have known. Um, I remember once I was speaking at an event and it was not for teachers. It was for like the 
architects and people who like are in the space of construction with schools. And so I was speaking about like, hey, if you want to build schools <laughs> um, that make kids feel safe and welcome and valued, like there are some changes that we can make right now. <laughs> and so sharing that was but I mean, I felt great like, to be able to tell people exactly like what I what I wish they knew about schools. Um, but afterwards, a lot of a lot of them came up to me and were just telling me like well, their experience in school. I remember one lady like stopped the elevator, like put her hand in the elevator, stopped the door, got on with me. And she's like, I have to tell you like what what you were saying, like meant so much to me, because when I was a kid, my mom died. And there were six of us kids at home and they told us, do not tell the school, do not tell them, don't ever talk about it. And she's like, and I, if, if I just would have been able to tell somebody, everything could have been different. And I think like how many of us have those stories? Like we all have something that we want others to see. We want people to pay attention to. So those have been really great people telling me like what they wish their teachers would have known. Um, a lot of stories of people who kind of make it a tradition every year to do this lesson that I wish my teacher knew lesson in their classroom or um, some of the other strategies I share in the book as well. Uh, but what's been really cool is to see how kids take it over. So if you, um, I was a little, I was a little scared to like look at YouTube comments, <laughs> but I, I finally like would just couldn't help myself. And so I looked at the YouTube comments for my TED talk and it's literally just like a bunch of people just saying like what they wish their teachers would have known. And people say like, I emailed this anonymously to my teacher because I want her to do it in class. <laughs> and that has been really cool. Um, there's been groups, um, kids who have dyslexia have done what they wish their teachers knew about dyslexia. Um, the National Down Syndrome Society um, did a campaign highlighting kids with Down syndrome and what they wish their teacher would know. Uh, I've gotten um, emails, again, email from a social worker, and she started doing, um, I wish my foster parents knew. And inviting kids who were going into that space to to share with their foster parents. Um, I I share sometimes when I talk. I got an email or a call from an unlisted number one night, and it was the vice admiral of the United States Coast Guard. <laughs> and he told me he did. I wish my admiral knew, and that he had learned so much from his troops, um, and his Coast Guardsmen, and and. Just that idea of like, hey, like as a leader, as I want to know you, I think that goes a long way. So, yeah, there have been so many responses that I'm not sure if I even have like taken them all in to heart. It's it's kind of such a big, like humbling thing to hear, hear that you've impacted somebody else. Well, you're definitely having quite the impact in all different arenas. And that's for sure. Not just in education. That's so cool to hear from uh, architects to the admiral um, to be able to take a piece of education and spread a concept around is truly an amazing feat. If you can think of one piece of advice that was given to you as a teacher that struck a chord with you, what would that be? Oh my gosh. So, 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 so many things. <laughs> you know, I was really lucky. I had a lot of amazing veteran teachers like take me under their wing and I was just so eager to learn um, from so many that I have so many stories I could go to. But one popping into mind is, again, my lead teacher when I was a student teacher, um, 
I, I, something I've really been thinking about this year is her telling me, you know, Kyle, like as teachers, we are a nudge. We are just a nudge and we can nudge, you know, kids in one direction and the other. We can nudge like their self-esteem in one direction or the other. We can like nudge their passions and their interests um, and the way they respond to situations. We're a nudge. Um, and, you know, I think when she first said that, I thought like, oh, like I want to be more than a nudge, you know, <laughs> like I I am like, I want to like have an impact. I want to make this mean something. But I think now, like 10 years into teaching and seeing this whole like pandemic going on and everything happening from um, like kind of this reckoning with racial justice that we've had as a, as a community and as a country like thinking about yourself as a nudge, I think now it makes me feel like really empowered. Like I really can be a nudge. You know, I can, I can help impact you in a small way. There's a lot of influences that you have in your life. Um, but, and I'm just one of them and I'm lucky to be one of them. And I'm just going to be the best little nudge I can be in your life while I know, while I get you in my classroom and while I have you in my school. Um, so that I I've heard that, that, um, I guess, piece of advice differently as the years have gone on to, to be a nudge for kids. How powerful it is to be that nudge. And you get, your students get that every day in your classroom. Your site gets that. Your system gets that. And then now the entire world is able to get that from you. And that is so powerful. So you are, you are a movement, not a nudge. That is for sure. Um, and we are excited to hear more from you as you continue to be that movement and as it continues to grow. We're going to shift here, Kyle, to our rapid fire questions. The first thing we always want to start with is it's your time to shine. I know you have big things coming down the pike. So we want to know where can we learn more from and with you and where can we follow you and tell us a little bit more what's coming. Yeah, well, um, really, I spend my days teaching in the classroom. That's still probably the most important thing to me. So that's where I'm doing most of my work is in the classroom. Um, I have been really honored to be able to be invited to speak at different school districts and different conferences. Um, so I've got a few of those in the works, nothing that I'm able to share just yet. Um, but if people want to follow me or reach out to me, I think the best way to do it is probably either on Twitter or on Instagram. And my um, handle on both of those is Kyle. M. Swartz. So K-Y-L-E-M-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. <laughs> I love it. Elementary teachers always spell it out. We always do. <laughs> we do, right? It's <laughs> awesome. Know, as a, I hope there's phonics nerds listening because I just realized like this year that my last name is super long, but it only has one vowel. <laughs> and I was pointing that out to the kids. They're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Uh, nerd out over phonics, huh? <laughs> oh, we got plenty of phonics nerds over here, so we'll we'll geek out with you anytime. <laughs> Tell us, Kyle, what is your tagline or your bumper sticker for education? You know, I think it goes back to that that comment about being the nudge. I think like be the nudge you wish to see in the world. You know? <laughs> oh, I love that rendition. I love that. And tell us, what is your secret teaching superpower or go to move that we may not have heard yet? Um. You know, I think it is like really noticing what kids want you to see and and being being really um, thoughtful about like noticing that. And so whenever, you know, a kid is kind of a class clown and always joking, like 
they want you to notice, right? And so instead of being like, okay, we get it. You just want attention. Like to see like, hey, they're really looking for connection. And so to say, hey, oh, you know, I've noticed you're really funny. And I, you just want people to smile and you really care about how people feel. And to kind of frame it for the kids so maybe they can see themselves in a different light, I think is is powerful too. Or a kid that like just always dresses really, you know, softly and to say like, hey, I've noticed you really like, you really like patterns and you like color and you're, you're really creative and you really are um, like want to present yourself in a way. And I just think that's so cool. So to notice that about kids um, and maybe things they haven't noticed about themselves, I think is really is a good t- teacher superpower. And one great way to do that, I think, is to let like kids be experts. <laughs> let them be the experts. So like, even if you know about something, like let them explain it to you. So I can't tell you like how many times I've been like, what is Fortnite? You know, tell me, who is this juice world? You know, <laughs> and just like, let them talk about what they care about and like ask them questions and Oftentimes that can lead to some like really interesting conversations. I remember a kid had like a Batman doll. And so I was talking to him about Batman and I was like, well, what do you want to tell me about Batman? He's like, well, you know, he's a good guy and telling me all about Batman. And then you know, I just said, you know, I'm just, I'm thinking like Batman, he's kind of dressed in all black and he's like a bat. Like that's kind of scary. Like how do you know he's a good guy? Like what makes him a good guy? And he said, oh, well, he cares about people and he helps people. And then you can be like, oh, well, who cares about people and helps people in your life? And he got to talk about his grandma. So I think if you, that's a great way to get to know kids is to really like let them be experts in something and be really curious about it and like let them talk to you and explain it to you. And I think that's a great way to just form those one-on-one connections with kids. You clearly are a connection builder. You have such high rapport and relationships with each of your kids. You can tell you're you're a teacher I'd love to send my girls off to someday. I wish you lived closer. <laughs> but we really appreciated hearing from you, Kyle. And we know that there are um, so many educators out there that their head is just spinning and they're just so excited to go and use this system that's applicable tomorrow within their own classroom or within their own professional developments or within their own systems in their own ways. Um, I'm wondering who's going to be reaching out to you next. Who's your big next admiral that's coming down the pike? <laughs> yes, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. Reach out. And I will say, if you are thinking about doing the I Wish My Teacher New activity in your classroom, there's a few quick tips that I like to tell people. And one is to um, really kind of like make it be about community um, in whatever way you can. So be, if you're asking kids to be vulnerable with you, you kind of need to meet that and you need to be vulnerable with them and, and maybe share like what you wish they would know about you. Um, I would also say like just being honest with kids um, in age appropriate ways about, um, you know, we are mandated reporters. (laughs) It's very cut and dry for us as teachers uh, we know, um, it, but in an age-appropriate way, like sharing that with kids, um, being honest about like the plausibility of anonymity <laughs> in an elementary school classroom, <laughs> you know, um, but also giving them options. So I make it 100% optional. Um, they can participate or don't. Uh, they can add their name or not. Uh, they could share or not. Um, they could be serious, they could be silly, they could do more than one note and be serious in one and silly in the other. And so give them, giving them that options. And then to really like 
round it out with community as well and to you know make kind of like make that a touchstone that there's a reason why we did this and it's because it's important that we have connections with each other and if we're going to be in this classroom all day for the next year you know we we care about each other and we want to show that thank you for those reminders that is amazing and we are so lucky to have you thank you for sharing your time with us and we hope that we can continue to connect with you in the future Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm, I'm eager to hear if people try the lesson or read the books, I'm eager to hear what they think. Well, we'll have to make a little, a little Twitter go and see if we can get any more, any more coming to you. So we appreciate you and we hope you have a wonderful evening. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Kyle's ability to connect with her students is exactly what education is all about. What would, do you wish your colleagues knew or your coaches knew about you? And who can you nudge today? Have a great one. Thanks for listening. And be sure to follow us at C3Coaches on Twitter. C3, connecting, coaches, cognition. Whose thinking will you mediate today?